Hello, hello, and welcome to Intentional Sounding. It's the Draw Play Podcast. I'm your host, Draw Play Dave Rapocha. With me, as always, is the Night King, Sam Grezis. Oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm canonically dead. Spoiler alert! Or is Sam, it? I just want you to know that after, you know, roughly eight years of doing this podcast, I'm just going to suddenly fire you. Yeah, fair. That's what the prophecy says. Oh, sure. Are there any... Are, Before are... we do get into the uh, meat of this episode, which you may have already guessed the topic of, I do want to give a shout out to one thing of football news that happened this week. There was? There was one there thing was of it? There a single thing of football news, and I feel like it is worth a mention, because for all the... Um, for all the laughing we've done at the Giants and for all like the disaster that's been like the Browns up until recently, for all these other teams that have just been complete garbage and shit, we've kind of drifted away from one of the pioneers and they've made a statement in the past few days that cannot be ignored and we really need to just, we really need to give it up for the New York Jets. The New York Jets, you know, when the Giants started to fall apart, it seemed like, hey, this is their opportunity to finally come up and shine. You know, we drafted a quarterback. We, we're going to we're on the upswing, but that does not look like it's going to happen now. No, because in basically two days, they fired the uh, general manager, Mike. I, I, I keep hearing his name and I can never fucking pronounce it. Mike, they fired. Ma- <laughs> Mike Mike McCa- M- Macken- M- M- Mac 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 Mike McDonald's yes. Mike McDonald's <laughs> He and it sounds like it was a power struggle between him and Adam Gase mm-hmm. over the concept of Le'Veon Bell who they are giving essentially 28 million dollars over the next two years more for that according to the contract but that's what's guaranteed right uh so like it i found it hilarious that jets fans were essentially dunking on giants fans for the past year because like hey we got our quarterback Uh hey we're doing good but then they hired the retread from miami that was not impressive at all they (laughs) and now he got the GM fired after putting a lot of money into a massive free agent that now has to play on a team that knows they didn't want him, or at least the coach didn't want him. Right. He now has to play for the guy who didn't want him. <laughs> and that didn't – yeah, and like how how has that worked out for Le'Veon Bell in the past, right? Playing for a team that doesn't – Really, Pittsburgh wanted him, right? Well, they right, didn't but want to give him quite as much as he was asking for. True, yeah, I guess that's true. He did; they did want him, at least on some level. That's fair. Someone should appreciate. Someone should appreciate Le'Veon Bell for what he's worth. This is kind of kind of sad when you think about it from his perspective. Yeah, well, Le'Veon Bell always be underpaid because no one will ever care about. <laughs> him oh it's always about what he... Boo. i just think it's amazing like all the trash talking the jets did about the giants last year about how they finally made new york and they're still kind of worse yeah they ended up with a higher draft pick 
Did they? Yeah, they did. It's it's sad. Mm-hmm. Like, that team is still incredibly dysfunctional. And we've just kind of ignored it because Todd Bowles was there. We're like, all right, well, once they move on from Todd Bowles, it's good. No, no. They hired Adam Gase, crazy eyes. And now they've got a controversy. He's kind of already alienated one of their star players. This is this is not going to end well. No. I mean, when has it ever ended well for the Jets, right? They, It's the the... There is a it's it's history repeating itself with the Jets of them having like a year where they look okay and promising and then there's al- almost always news out of the front office that everything is such like so much more of a trash fire than you realized and then that ends up affecting personnel. So like it, it's you know it's the same thing all over again with them, and I—I I don't know. I'm—I'm I'm not particularly surprised. I think it's—it's it's one very funny, uh, especially because they're like, "Ah, oh, yeah, the trajectory is up," but it's not. It's in fact it's down. The Jets are bad, and they've been bad now long enough that we've kind of just accepted it and just kind of assumed they were going to climb out of that hole at some point. Mm-hmm. But they're not. Remember that one year, it's like three or four seasons ago, where with Todd Bowles, where they were actually good. Yeah. They almost reached the playoffs. Yeah. They had Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing dimes. Mm-hmm. And then we're all like, hey, this this team's got a really strong young core of defense. They've drafted well. Like, this is, this is going to end. Nope. Yep. Yeah, that offseason, they were like a sneaky AFC championship uh, game pick, right? Like, yeah, folks. They were dark. Like, this, this team could be a couple years away from genuinely contending. Yeah, right. No, it's, 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 yeah. it is now a couple of years away. And, well, although to their, to their credit, <laughs> damn, that rebuild didn't take very long at all. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of being serious, right? It's, it's literally like, I mean, and again, it's going to be a downswing, but it, it's it's odd to see something like that happen that fast. Anyway. And we should uh, move on to the real topic of this podcast, which in late May is essentially anything but football. Yes. So we're going to talk about the one thing that everybody's been more or less mad at this week. And I know I have opinions. I know you have opinions. We're going to share those opinions. And it's about um, the competition of chairs. Yes. Fight of futons. Oh, good. Very good. I'm trying Game to... Game of Thrones. Uh, yes. Yes. The the chaise craze. That's all I got. Uh, there were some others. Hmm. I can't think of them now. But, yeah. Game of Thrones. It has gone downhill. And here's my take. I, th- I don't think this is a particularly unusual take. Especially among the, the critical community. But, essentially, I think every problem that has stemmed from the last two seasons has essentially... It's all come because of one particular thing, and it's because they rushed it. Yeah. Everything they've 
they've they've gotten into a hurry to finish the seasons off to finish the story and as a consequence they've they've beaten it down into just like quick plot points over every scene is just like a very fast advancement of the plot nothing really has time to breathe anymore and any, any all the problems that i see coming out of this are kind of in some way related to that all the problems like oh well dirty turned evil like no like what i don't have any problem with any of like the main story beats that we've seen mm-hmm. like there's some some weird questionable orders but like like the night king dying to aria okay like I could buy that if they properly set it up. I don't know. I think they properly set it up. That was the whole... Okay, so here's here's my, my pushback on that. I think that the problems with the show at once run deeper and not as deep as a lot of folks are saying. I, I think you got to start... You have to... You can't just judge the show based on these two seasons. Because if you look back... There's not a whole lot that's different other than that they have to wrap it up. And um, the directors were given – they said they were going to get – like they they had the ability to have t- a full 10 seasons if they wanted it. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't. They thought that they could, they could wrap everything up. And yeah, they're not doing it very elegantly. But I think the biggest problem here is that – the show that they wanted to make, and this is this is clear if you if you read the books, the show that uh, that the directors wanted to make wasn't a like a Tolkien esque story of magic and intrigue like the books are. The, the books are not like that. What the? What you, I what? mean, yeah. I well, there's okay. So 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 let me get to the books have. A lot more elements of magic and fantasy than the the TV show does. There were interviews with the directors when they where they were like, "What we really wanted to do, what we think the the nug is here, is political intrigue and dialogue and like medieval West Wing style like cleverness, uh, positioning and." Um, and you know political power struggles which is which is valid on one hand but on the other hand when you get to a big finale sequence and you have to like throw in dragons and zombies and everything that gets a little bit dicey because things are going to seem out of nowhere um and it's also going to make people like me mad because i want i i want the cool book magic stuff to have happened in the show. Like what kind of book magic stuff? Like, have you read the books? No, no. But like I, my, a bunch of my friends have, and they were agree with you that like the books are more inherently magical and fantasy. There's probably more elements of magic and prophecy in the books, but only because he's got a lot more pages to build out the world. I'd say it impacts the story at about the same level. Well, yeah, right. But I'm I'm talking about like literally the not not in terms of impact on the story, but in terms of literally the worlds that that they've built. 
Because so in the books, there are two things that my my friends who've read the books and book nerded out to me have like told me that they wanted to see in the show. Um, and those two things were one, Cat coming back as Lady Stoneheart, um, and you know being being sad and not being able to talk and killing people, um, and Arya. Arya being able to use magic because she can do that apparently in the books and she can't in the show. She's just a like super she, badass uh, assassin. Yeah. She basically in in the books all of the Starks have the ability yep. to do that to like, thing Brand does where they go into an animal. Yep. And I think so Arya can do that. John can do it. Uh it's kind of implied Rob can do it, but like it's it's like the fact that Arya can do it is like barely there. Right. Okay. Um, it's it's like Lady Stoneheart's a big a big omission. Right. That is is definitely it's probably the biggest. Oh, this is a big deal that happened in the books that or seems like it should be a big deal that happened in the books that isn't in the show, mm-hmm. which kind of confirms that maybe that's not going anywhere. Yeah. Which. But at the same time, like that element of the show is still there with how Beric gets risen up from Thoros sure. all the time. So it's not really lost. Like, that magic and that impact is still there. It just kind of takes away this one character that's honestly, after she's risen, just kind of, like, wanders around mm-hmm. and occasionally fucks people up. Well, but Like, it's... she's not really doing anything major. She's just kind of, like, haunting a woods. But it's, uh, like, so the the problem that... that leads to even though they don't have like even though yeah lady stoneheart doesn't have a huge effect on the story what i'm saying is it has an effect on the world because in my mind at least uh the like game of thrones is a story about a world and that's why any ending there's like a deadspin article about this that is really good um any ending to this series was going to be disappointing because you can't it's not like the Lord of the Rings where, yeah, it's a story that's kind of about the world, but you are following this one journey. You are following yeah. the journey of the ring, right? In this story, you are following, like, you used to be following, like, Rob Stark's story, right? And and the story of the war in the north. And then you were following Daenerys' story and Tyrion's escape and, like, all of those things that were, in es- essence, movies in their own right. So, yeah. so when you have to, like, there's no way to bring all that together because the story itself isn't going to end because the world is, like, always going to exist. There's always going to be, like, if you fast forward 30 years down the line, there's going to be more intrigue, more political intrigue, more conniving, more, like, more, you know, warlords. All None of that is going to end. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, like, one of the biggest things of the series that i think there have been a lot of people who have kind of missed that point like i have a right. person a co-worker who's basically like i just want to see who who wins and that's not the point it's the it's point really not the opposite of that the, the point yeah. of the show is that nobody wins exactly that it doesn't matter who ends up on the like we've already seen someone different on the throne like five times right it doesn't matter who ends up on the throne because it's pretty clear that this just cycle of bullshit is just going to keep going. Right. It doesn't matter that they, like, save the world from 
angry zombies. It doesn't really matter if they dispose Cersei, and even if Danny's like a good queen, because after that, there's still going to be people who fight for the throne. Yeah, even if she thing. tries like, to, even if she like after the heel turn is like they they end it on her breaking yeah. this the the wheel or whatever. I mean, that's not what, gonna you know, yeah. right? What's, what makes this this story so great and so intriguing to a lot of people especially when it like came out as books was that it wasn't that fantasy thing where you're right. following the hobbits on the journey to destroy the ultimate evil and then it just kind of implies that everything's going to be fine after that there's no happily ever after it's it's a fantasy setting grounded in real world grayness right where nobody's yes. really on the right side of anything because there is no right side Right. So I, I, it doesn't so yeah, nobody's it doesn't like nobody's going to win and mm-hmm. if you're going into this weekend thinking like well I can't wait to see who like wait like that you're you've missed the point. Yeah, well cuz cuz the thing is like you know, if they were to make two other seasons, that person would probably be dead, right? So it doesn't really I don't know. I if they made two other seasons, it would still probably end on the same kind of sour depressing note. Well, because it has to. It has to, it has right? To. It has to. I, I think that, I think that a big part of it, so I have my opinion on this penultimate episode has softened a lot. Um, I, I think I am the only one who like, or one of the only ones, along with my roommate, uh, who likes what they did with Jamie. Um. Uh, I think that was actually pretty great. Like, like, uh, this kind of goes back to what I said at the beginning. I think, I actually think this was like the second best episode of the season. The first Uh first best episode being the one where they're basically all just waiting to die episode two. That was so fucking good. good Characters. That was, that was the best episode of the season by far. Because that was what the show kind of used to be good at. Was these characters interacting talking and it doesn't necessarily it's it wasn't just plot beat plot beat plot beat it was interaction to take a sidebar real quick uh that episode in combination with this one um makes me really really excited for their star wars movie i think a lot of people are really kind of like getting mad online very early having forgotten that you know these these folks have been adapting and creating whole cloth stories for like about a decade now um i don't know i'm i i think that i think that if you give these folks well what it's kind of get to that i'm sure i'm i kind of have like mixed because on some level i do think they're getting too much hate Mm -hmm. i but i think a lot of the reason why they're getting hate is because it feels like they stopped caring about this this universe and they kind of rushed to get it done like the news okay that they turned down yeah all the extra seasons of the most popular show in the world and we're like no we can do it in this it it feels and that they're just kind of rushing through plot points to plot points basically all the time right, right. it it feels like they didn't want to work on it anymore right they're still doing a pretty good job. And honestly, and like I said, I have I am okay with all the directions the story has taken. I am okay with the directions the plot has taken. Uh-huh. It's just happened too fast and it's been kind of bothersome. 
let's get it. Like, I really liked episode five. Like, I liked how Jamie, I liked the Jamie and Cersei end. Yeah. I, I thought it I was, thought it was perfect. Oh, I didn't even think that one needed more poetic. time. The problem was less than an episode before that, he was the redeemed good guy. His his descent and like the reveal of like why he's still like stuck with Cersei. He spent seasons and seasons like getting past that, and then he immediately reverted in basically half an episode, and it was just too fast. I I don't see. I'm gonna push back on that. I really liked what they did with Jamie, specifically because I don't think it was. He didn't leave the same like. He didn't leave having reverted back to, like, season one form, right? He had grown and he had, like, all you have to do is, like, look at him and Cersei at the end. Like, hey, look at me. I'm going to calm you. I'm going to be here and just, like, and be here and love you and we're all that matters or whatever. I I think that I think that it is very, it's, I mean, it's obviously, like, heartrendingly sad, Right. That it's a tragedy. It's 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 it yeah, is a like a good character mm. couldn't break away from the one his his greatest weakness. Yeah, what prevents him from being completely redeemed? Exactly, and that and 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 that in doing so, he breaks the heart of someone who has been like vulnerable with someone for the first time ever. You know, uh, so I I don't know. I I feel like that's a. I, I really like the way they did that and the way it was so, so, um, jarring because it was always like, oh, is that still there? They, like, they, they were teasing it when every single time he's in the room and they're talking about Cersei, it's teased, right? Like, he talks about her as like, oh, she's, you know, she's a liar. Why'd you trust her? And there's always that smile or whatever, um. And he also knew that Cersei was going to die. So, like, I, I don't know. I I get what you're saying in general, and I agree uh, with you to a certain extent. But I, I think that the the jarring way in which they did it with Jamie was really cool, and I appreciated it. Um, should we talk? It was too fast. Should we talk? I, I wanted one episode of him struggling with who he is sure okay and coming to terms with the fact that he's not good enough that he finds himself irredeemable mm-hmm. and that he gives everything up instead of essentially one scene okay yeah i get that i get that i just i i worry that teasing it too much would detract from the emotional weight of it you know when he does leave because it it was like part of the reason it worked so well for me was it was out of the blue a little bit um, so yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. And I do agree to, to a certain extent that they could have like, it could have had even more weight if we saw him like agonizing, then going back to bed with, uh, Brienne or something. And then the next morning he's gone. I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I'm like metagaming it now, but, uh, should we, should we go into the like fucking big deal thing? The, the the parents who are regretting naming their child Khaleesi. Oh, Bank. man. So good. <laughs> so good. I, like, 
I am one of those people who kind of always kind of saw this happening mm-hmm. as a book reader. I was getting the impression she was always going to end up being evil uh-huh. or bad at the end because when like like a lot of people have pointed out like the clues have always been there. She's right. not a good ruler. She is a good conqueror. That's what she's good at mm-hmm. and every time she's tried to like rule everything's gotten fucked up right she had she decided she conquered several cities over in slavers bay and then after conquering them just you know skipped out and in the books they go into a little bit more detail about um how fucked up those cities got oh no just left like there's a character in the fifth book that is a guy from Dorne, and he's essentially trying to follow Danny to propose marriage to try and like create alliance between Dorne and Danny so that she can take over the kingdoms that way mm-hmm. and elevate Dorne. And, he, and so he's following her trail through Slaver's Bay, and he goes to Astapor, and Astapor is a fucking nightmare because of just the power vacuum that got left after sure. the slave masters all got killed. The city turned into a disaster, and the same thing happened to the other city. And in Marine, the city that everybody got sick of Danny being in, right? Uh, like I always, I found that kind of stuff very interesting because that was extremely insightful into the fact that she's not a good ruler, right? Exactly. She, she doesn't because that was she, the one where she, she did, did hang everybody's out. Everybody's like petty. She can't get in on like after she kills all the. She, she frees all the slaves and the initial like thank you is done and she actually tries to sit there and figure out what she's doing she just gets bored and annoyed with actually governing mm-hmm. and at everything starts to fall apart and she's annoyed and then like they're they finally open up the fighting pits and the dragon shows up and then she just skips town and we don't see that city ever again She's a bad ruler. So this and is... she's always angry. She's good at conquering. She's not a good ruler. So seeing her kind of become bad when she goes into Westeros and has to deal with all these people that don't like her and probably see her as a weirdo invader, like like this was always going to happen. I think they could have executed it better, but I like where this char- where that character went. You are saying that has given me one of the like one of my biggest hot takes in Game of Thrones. Um, is Tyrion an idiot? He is now. I I think he's always been an idiot, and here's why. Always been an idiot. I, yep. Okay. And here's why: because if he weren't an idiot, the re- his whole reason for joining Danny. Was to was because he knew this. He knew that Danny was a better conqueror and a better like ideas person than than someone who actually knew the ins and outs of governance and ruling and building cities. Right? He was supposed to be the person who's there afterwards to help like clean up and delegate. He didn't do a very good job of that anywhere in marine or anywhere um and so is he just is he just good at quips maybe the the more damning evidence this season and this will get into the big problem i had with 
the with the scene uh, where Danny burns everything down um, is that every single time he's challenged and been challenged over the past like three or four seasons on why he's following Danny, he doesn't have a good answer. He I, does not. I could have a good answer. Like he is clever enough to have a good answer is that she like she knows what needs to be done. She does it. She's effective. She has freed the slaves. She is like she has a claim to the throne and and if you look at her actions, if you look at her actions, the only morally like the only morally repugnant thing that she did um and she was messed up about it too at the time was to burn the Tarleys for not bending the knee. And yeah, that's tyrannical or whatever, but at the same time, she did it to like, to to set an example, to be like, I need to be your queen, I need fealty, whatever. Again, not that that's right, it's not. But for someone who's going after the throne, that's too, that is, uh, that is two innocents killed. That is too, like, her her innocent kill count before burning that city down was two. Was two people. Yeah. I, I think... I've, I've, I've seen some interesting points that, um, like, obviously, all of her actions get portrayed as, like, this heroic thing mm-hmm. when she's over at Enslaver's Bay because she's killing people that you know, are understood to be bad because they're, you know, slave masters and people like that. But when you you sit back for a second, you're like, she's still, like, just killing anyone who stands in her way. Sure. She might have sure. a strong moral argument, but she's still killing them. She's still just conquering them and then moving on. Well, like, that, that element of her is kind of scary. Yeah, but at the same time, what... What queen, king, what ruler in the the Game of Thrones universe hasn't done that? Like it's and that's it's, and that's what makes her so interesting. She's she's very gray. I mean, the biggest problem I had with the episode is that I I like that she's she started burning everybody. I don't I think they did her flip kind of poorly. Mm-hmm. Like the ultimate time, like when the bells go off and then she just starts burning everything. Yeah, I I kind of. I wish they had made it a little bit more of a she snaps kind of thing. Like I was, I'm really, I really think they fucked up killing the dragon as a shock moment at the end of episode four. Yep. They did. Because they did, that ultimately sure. ended up meaning literally nothing. Nothing. Because it, it's, they're, they're playing it like, Oh, it's the stakes raised. They got all these weapons. Now Danny's actually in danger. The dragons will be. It does, it ends up not mattering. Danny fucking levels the city in like the first ten minutes of the battle. It, like everyone all the, was right. All the crossbows are gone. The fleet is gone. The fact that the dragon got killed ends up being completely irrelevant to the battle. Every, so I really well, wish they had kept that dragon for the battle and then killed that dragon during the battle. And that's one of the things that kind of pushes her over the edge. But then when she sits there at the bell thing happening. And then she just goes, and I'm like, okay, she's finally going to do it. She's going to go burn the Red Keep. She's going to mm-hmm. go fuck the the castle up. That's that's the symbol of everything, like, 
good. She's going to be psycho about it, but she's going to melt Cersei. She's going to just right. destroy the thing. But then she just turns around and just starts burning the rest of the city. Mm-hmm. That that was like, like, like the symbol of everything she hates is right up there in that tower. Right. Yeah, so if she's going to go psycho, why doesn't that? she... Like, I have, like, burned that and maybe burned some people on the way there as right. collateral damage because she doesn't care. Now, the fact that she's just turning around and just burning everything else instead of, like, the source of all of her opposition, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think they executed that quite as well as they thought they did. I, I also, again, like, I would have loved... If they're going to... Okay, so there, there are two things. One, I, I have to push back. Like, yeah, on one level, I don't hate hate as much that they made Danny burn the, the city down. But, like, what does that fucking say about the show, right? They're teasing, like, oh, another another mad Targaryen. When God makes a... When, when a Targaryen is born... God flips a coin, maybe they're going to be crazy. Like that kind of sucks that yeah. that the whole series ends up like and not even that they like built her up as this hero. It's like it sucks that at the end of this series we're left with this message on like determinism and like yeah, no matter how hard you try, all your friends are going to leave you. And I think that's a fault of the pace of the final thing. It might like, be. It might be. I Because, like, they, they kind of dropped some hints. They did, they did the necessary amount of basic lip service to sort of, like, explain why Danny goes into that state in the first place. And it's just like she's she's been seen as a savior, like, all of her time over in Essos. But she comes to, like, Westeros, and all of a sudden, like, she puts – her uh, desires on hold to go up north to fight a different war for someone else. The other guy gets all the love and adoration, all the effort she's put into. She's still seen as an outsider. She's still seen as lesser. She's still not trusted. And then, like, her advisors are starting to question whether or not she's a better fit for the throne. Like, her getting isolated and angrier is very compelling. Yes. But it happens so fast that her suddenly switching to heel turn mode in the battle is that I think that's why so many people were caught off guard Mm -hmm. because they're like, Oh, I mean, two episodes before that she was still straight hero. Right. She basically had one episode of descent into paranoia and distress. But like, the fact is like her descent as realizing that she's not as important as she thought she was like, she's like, I'm, I'm the rightful I'm the rightful ruler. Oh, wait, this guy even has a better claim than I do. Mm -hmm. Like, everything around her was... She was being isolated as much as possible. And seeing that over the course of, like, a season would have been really cool because we would have seen how she gets to that point. And it wouldn't have been so determinism of her, oh, she's just nuts. She just ended up being one of the the nut jobs. We would have understood why... And it would have added that gray area of like, well, maybe those other kings weren't nuts. Maybe there was a reason people thought they were nuts now, and it's just gotten lost. Now, to be fair, that is something that they could fix in the last episode. If they go that route with it, like, we haven't seen Danny's like, after, like, we haven't seen her reaction to all this, right? So, like, there's a... Uh, 
there's a way in which they could kind of write around that and kind of do what you're saying retroactively. It won't be as good, but like that is still an an opportunity they have. Um, I'm not sure how. Well, they that's, can. I mean, they can literally the explain it. Like, tier, like if we're we're gonna get a scene between either her and Tyrion or her and Jon Snow, where one of them just asks why and Daenerys pro like this is something I think is going to happen Daenerys was like I am alone you know both of you guys failed me I thought like you were my two most trusted people in the world everyone who I love is dead or might as well be I don't have anything left uh except for fear you know and like and if they so there are two things I needed. One, I needed that. I needed um, I needed them to delve more into Danny feeling that isolation and that fear was her only recourse. The, the let it be fear was not enough for me. Um, and yeah, that one scene where she's just like, I guess it's fear that. Yeah. Like, oh, like, we need more of that. And two, I like, and maybe this is just like me. I needed her to kill more people. Like, I, I, <laughs> I know that seems silly but i needed there to be a bridge between burning the two tarleys and her literally destroying an entire town full of innocents i needed there to be a i needed there to be one other maybe more morally ambiguous like loss of control for danny um to to tease this one a little bit more and and make it seem yes like out of character and surprising but not like not completely completely out of character you know i don't know i don't know um i also want to say just real quick before i forget i really love what they did with aria this episode too but aria i eh, i like her being the point of view i don't like the fact that she was there in the first place oh sure because okay, because I had major problems with her killing the Night King as well. So we can get into Arya here. That like I felt like before the final battle, she had kind of already completed her character arc. She goes from the kid to being a vengeful monster to be basically wants to become a faceless assassin who embraces death and monster. And then when she comes back. She decides, no, she she comes back with her identity from no one, and she, she's like, no, I'm a Stark. I am this person. I choose life. Her choosing life to fight for the side of the living, I felt like that was the kind of the completion of her arc. <laughs> and the main reason I had a problem with her killing the Night King was that nothing in the story was heading that way. Because the Night King was John's problem. The yeah, that's true. It was show, yeah, that the was The Night King was John's that was John's story. Everyone else is dealing with the political bullshit. Danny's over there in Essos trying to learn how to become a ruler. Everyone's down in King's Landing being shitty to each other. John's the one up north being like, "None of that shit matters. We got a real problem here and no one's listening." That was that was John's story. His entire point in the entire story was dealing with that problem and he ends up being useless 
basically useless that entire battle and a character who didn't even know these fucking ice zombies existed until like last season gets to deliver the killing blow it didn't really make sense it it felt like the wrong it felt like a surprise instead of the the payoff that that storyline because that storyline out of all the things was the most fantasy typical that was like because the ice zombies and like the evil magic night king like that was the most fantasy thing they that the story had going for it and them just kind of like throwing area in there like mm-hmm. like for her individual character maybe it works but for the narrative as a whole i was right. like no i i don't know there was a i, I just really the the Arya and the hounds friendship or whatever you want to call it was always something that was really really special to me about the show i really liked it and I mean, them having that conversation. You, I mean, you were talking about the, like, I choose life. That's that's the thing. I think that, um, I don't know, when she when she actually goes out of the, the Red Keep and, like, literally chooses life above revenge, above, like, killing both Cersei and herself, I think that was, I think that was pretty beautiful. And then... It was, like, in a way, I think... I, I just think it they both Arya and the Hound kind of had that progression end already. Like I feel sure, like the Hound, right, okay. when he when he died against Brienne, when he quote died yeah. against Brienne and then sort of like came back, like he moved on with his life. Mm-hmm. Like that was when the old hound died and like he moved on with his life. And Arya, she she got over her issues and she wasn't thinking about stabbing Cersei all the time. But no, like, they still wanted that that piece of revenge all the way. Like, it felt... I, I felt like the characters were past the point that they should have been in that episode. It was a good ending. If they're, okay. Like, the way they did it was still good. I still like that scene uh-huh. where Arya decides to not follow the Hound, and the Hound finally gives, like, an emotional, like, don't be me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I felt like neither of the characters should have been at that point to begin with. I feel like right. they were both past that point as characters. Mm-hmm. I get that. I understand that. There, there, there are a few like false endings in that way. I'm with you. I'm with you for sure. I definitely understand it more for the the hound. Yo, yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Felt like Arya shouldn't have been going to King's Landing when, like, in the last episode, she's like, "I'm, I'm a Stark. Like, I am a member of this family. Like, I have reintegrated myself." into what I want to be, what uh-huh. I choose to be. Oh, no, wait, I'm going to go back into assassin mode and follow the hounds out. Like, that like that was wrong. I, I think they could have had the scene with the hound and Arya sort of, like, parting ways in Winterfell in the last episode instead of in King's Landing. It felt like they wanted Arya in there in King's Landing so that they could have the point of view of everyone getting massacred and how horrible it was, when I think they probably could have just done that with Davos. Yeah, true. Very true, actually. I didn't even think about that. I totally forgot about him. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still very excited for the finale. I'm, uh, you know, I want. I'm uh, here till the end. That, yeah, that's of one more episode. I'm here to the end. I don't think it's quite as bad 
as everyone as everyone who's who's feels like betrayed because Danny's Hitler now. I'm like, no, yeah, Danny, Danny. Like the tragedy was that Danny always kind of had that dark side, but she had the right people around her to keep her away from it. And now she's getting more isolated, and it, they can't. And it's too late now. Right. She's, she's succumbed. Like right. that was that's the tragedy of her story. That's what makes her interesting. They just they just kind of rushed it. Yep. 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 I, and I mean, that's the, that's the thing is like, that's the really, to me, that is the only, only unforgivable sin is that, is that the show needed, I don't even think it needed another season. Like, I think if they, I was talking to my wife about it and I wish that last season, which was also short, was like, I wish last season was basically all zombie shit and they resolved the ice zombie stuff at the end, at the of, end last of last season. season now we and had six episodes to deal with this all then this season was just all danny's descent yep and king's landing stuff yep so that, i yep like because we had like basically two climaxes practically back to back to everything that's happened and it felt so condensed and if they had focused on the zombies and then just gotten rid of the zombies Last season, we'd be like, okay, now we can focus on Cersei, and we could do the character drama that has Jamie not being redeemed, that has Cersei kind of going nuts because she didn't. She had like ten lines this whole fucking season. She spent, she had like a few scenes in the first episode, and then she did a lot of window staring for the rest. Of, like she's one of the most fascinating evil characters ever Mm -hmm. and she did like nothing this season because they just didn't have time right to spend with her because they had to spend two times wrapping up two episodes wrapping up the nightmare in the north Mm -hmm. like if you give that a season where cersei's slowly kind of breaks because she realizes it's close to the end of her reign and she's not gonna do anything and she the iron bank is coming like the we're we're not even getting anything with the iron bank probably right like No, like we should have seen Cersei slowly losing everything and Danny kind of slowly getting isolated and then it all comes to head in basically the same more or less episode. Right, right. And But then it would have would more have weight. Like fantastic. imagine Well, I I'm just saying imagine seeing all that and yet Cersei still holds on until the last possible moment, right? And then imagine having all that happen and then Danny still choosing to burn the entire city instead of just the Red Keep. I, I think that that has a ton more emotional impact. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm, I'm totally with you on that. I would have loved that. I, I really want I, I really think that that's how it should have went out. But I, it's too late for that and it's not what's going to happen. Yeah. We're going to get this. We're not going to get, like, people are like, well, what's not going to happen? We're not getting the books. The books are not ending. Mm-hmm. Like, no. George R. R. Martin has has no incentive to finish the books at this point. I think he's annoyed with the popularity of the show yep. at this point. Almost definitely. Because, like, almost everything bad that happens in the show, he, he gets blowback for, even if it's not his fault. Like, all this other stuff. Like, he's had nerds yelling at him for years to finish the books and after a certain point you're like well fuck you i don't owe you anything mm-hmm. like i don't think george r. r martin wants to do anything about this series anymore i think he's he's probably mentally done that's why he just like shit posts about football on his blog yep 
and yep, writes yep. like random other stuff. And he was, I think, he was always a little bit more interested in the world he had created than the story he was writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I so this, agree. this is it. This is what we're getting from Game of Thrones. This is how it's gonna end. This is literally so, why, like my 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 partner, like she was like she loved the books, and then she realized like a year ago that like it's this is if she, if she wants an ending to game of thrones that that germ is going to be around for this is going to be it they might do something like it. like they did with hitchhiker's guide where you know the estate like there are there are notes about like the way they wanted the plot to end or, or whatever uh and like another talented writer kind of takes up the slack but this is going to be the probably the most canonical ending which is a bit of a shame it is it's a bit of a shame because i think it's still pretty good yeah i agree i agree from a from a production standpoint it's still top notch it's amazing yeah it's still one of the best looking television shows ever made Mm -hmm. and like it is incredible to look at it is incredibly well acted it is the sound is fantastic it's it's just it's not going to be, it was never going to live up to expectations, but it would have had a better chance if they hadn't rushed it. Right. I agree. I agree with that. I think that's pretty much all I got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I had one last point to make, but I completely lost it and that sucks. And I, I hate it. Oh, well, well, maybe you'll remember it and we can bitch about it next week. Yep. If, if there is a next week, I have personal news. Uh, it looks like we're buying this house. Get the house! Negotiating on. So we're probably going to have to move out in the next three weeks. So I'm probably going to be scrambling to just pack and mm. get everything in order. So there's, there's a pretty decent chance that we might have to skip a little while. I might even be skipping comics for a while. Mm-hmm. That's... that's but this is the time of year to do it because there ain't shit happening. So Fair. that's just personal news. That's that's what's going on. Uh, if you came into this hoping for football, I'm sorry. There isn't any. There There isn't any football. Football is dead. Football is no. Just, football's gone. Anyway, oh, oh, right. That was what I was gonna say. Um, so the the what my whole like take has become on um on uh on Game of Thrones. I I think I retweeted it. There's a a section from an anime called Gintama, which um pretty much gets to the heart of why there are so many issues with game of thrones uh and it breaks down what happens to an anime when it gets ahead of the of the manga manga. yeah and they're like okay the anime so here i can just fucking read it when an anime catches up to a manga that's still running it's got to take a roundabout path to stay within reach of the manga before it can uh rejoin the manga uh, there are a bunch of different ways that it can do it, but there are a number of risks. The anime can buy enough time for the manga to move on, only to be cancelled itself, or the manga ends right when the anime is about to rejoin. 
uh, or the anime and the manga rejoin too early and the anime has to diverge again in with no time to do it. Or in the process of diverging, the characters are setting and the anime becomes so different that they can never rejoin again, which is exactly what's happening in Game of Thrones. Uh, and the end of that clip says, well, that's when they shamelessly remake the anime from the beginning again. And uh, that might be, or they use the same characters to make a totally different anime. And I kind of assume that one or both of those things will be happening in the not so distant future. Anyway, I know we're getting a prequel series, mm-hmm. which has is kind of based on some stuff, but isn't it's kind of going to be more of its own thing instead of explicitly based on the series. Sure. So that, I think that'll be kind of interesting to see what people do in this world when they're not uh, tied down to this specific kind of narrative. Yep. Yep. I'm I'm with you on that. Will it be good? Will it suck? It's going to be interesting, but I am kind of looking forward to that just to see what comes of it because Mm -hmm. it's the only real westeros content we're gonna get for sure Gurm, honestly i don't want Gurm to finish it <laughs> i don't blame him at all whatsoever i have no ill will i am not one of those people who's like finish the books you old fat jerk no, yeah no, Gurm, be happy you, you look old you look like you probably have a few health issues enjoy the rest of your life doing what you want and don't be tied down to this this thing that got beyond your mm-hmm. good 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 I, I i can end on that for sure no it's very nice uh all right sam yeah yeah you can how can we follow your hot game of thrones game? you can follow all my hot takes at sam grezeses on twitter that's s-a-m-g-r-e-s-z-e-s-e-s-e-s and on twitch and instagram at robots fighting dinosaurs dave you can find me on Twitter at DrawPlayDave, on Facebook at the DrawPlayComic, on Instagram at DrawPlayDave, and of course on the DrawPlay.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, do you think Game of Thrones is good, or is it bad, or what? what's going on with you? Let me know. Have a good time. We'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Sophie Lesnin Redacted. I'm Mara Sunshine. If you're like us, you grew up in the 90s and are now sad, sad adults. And that's okay. There's a lot to be sad about in today's world. If you've been paying attention at all, you know that the world is in a tight spot right now. And two people working 45 minutes once a week can't change that. So we took that time and started a Sailor Moon podcast. Join us every Friday as we combat that creeping sense of dread we all feel in our hearts by recapping our favorite Magical Girl anime. Because hey, the world sucks. But Sailor Moon's a cool show. Hey, I'm Joe Conley. And I'm Vanessa Frank. We make a show called Spoilers Digest. Where we predict the plots of your favorite movies that we haven't seen. Then we watch the movies and digest it to see what we got right and what we got wrong. So come laugh with us every Wednesday and see how we do. Catch us at SpoilersDigest.com or wherever you get your podcasts.